0: to the second episode of How Have You Never Seen That, the podcast where I grill my friend about why she has never seen any movies that most normal people should have seen by now in their life. Lovingly Um, and respectfully. Lovingly and respectfully. (laughs) Um, It's one of my favorite things about her. (laughs) So, once again, I'm Melissa Curley. I'm your host for the evening, or whenever you're listening to this, I guess. It's evening here. I'm here with my wonderful friend, Brielle Brooke. Hey, guys. Tonight, we are going to be introducing Brielle to E.T., which, really, Brielle, how have you never seen that? Oh, man. (laughs) Well... This is one of those tough ones where really, <laughs> I know I should have seen this one. Yes, should I should have. have seen this one. This feels like my parents' fault. I'm going to go ahead and blame them for that. <laughs> this is one of those movies where, as a child, you are shown this movie. Yes. I don't think you go out of your way, because like, what what year is this movie from? Like, the 90s? The 80s? The 80s. Right? It's somewhere in 1980s? there. 1980s? I was too young to personally request to see E. T. It had to have been shown to me and it wasn't. I missed out. That's really unfortunate. I missed out. Well, yeah. I guess I'll I'll see if I missed out. I know your I parents, they're good people, so I can't blame are. them, but let me let me say, say kind of for the fault. record <laughs> that they are great people <laughs> who happen not to show me many movies. Yes. That's well, which is totally, totally fine. We're making up for it right now. Okay. We're we're being told by our our trusty producer in the background that this movie came out in nineteen eighty two. Yes, nineteen eighty two. E. T. Oh wow. So quite a time before I was born, let me say for the record. When do you think it was at its most popular? Probably when it came out, but I think it just sorta stayed through as like one of those movies that kids watch. I mean, I watched it as a a child. I was born in nineteen eighty eight, so the movie was already six years old by the time I was in the world. So I probably saw it for the first time when I was around, I don't know, six or seven. Would be my guess. Because it is a kid's movie, but there is definitely, like, it's not like a little kid's movie. Right. For For the record, I was born in 94, so... Yeah, Brielle makes me feel old <laughs> That was a long <laughs> time before I was born that this movie was yes. released. But I, again, I do not blame my own age. I, I know that this is like a cultural phenomenon. Yeah. I know that there's a, a ride somewhere in one of those yes. theme parks. Yep. That's an E.T. ride. Yeah. Disney? Universal Studios. Universal Studios. Yes. And that tells me that this movie is a cultural phenomenon. It definitely is. So now, but you have two older sisters. Have either of your sisters seen this movie? I do have two older sisters, I don't know off the top of my head if either of them have seen it. It wouldn't surprise me if both of them haven't. I don't That's think true. it's a movie I've ever spoken to them about. It is not like a mainstay in our house or in our in our family <laughs> <Okay>. at all. <laughs> <laughs> haven't seen it. All right, we're gonna get into finding out what Brielle knows about this movie. So let's start with just a, with just a general. What what do you know about ET? All right, here's what I know about ET. Because I have ridden that ride at Universal. Okay. (laughs) And I've seen, you know, some things just in pop culture. I know there's an alien involved. I know that this alien has some kind of relationship with Drew Barrymore as a child. Mm -hmm. She's so cute. She is adorable. She's adorable. I know that those two things are are involved in this movie. I also have seen, there's like a scene where E.T. is like dressed up like a baby or something and then they're like pushing E.T. in a carriage. I don't know. Or maybe they have just like one of those babushka things on E.T. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one or the other. Okay. <laughs> then there's also that thing that I think is the opener in a lot of movies where it's like ET riding a bike like into the sky. Okay. So I know that. Great. <laughs> I th- I've also heard one famous line from ET, which is phone home. Yes. That that I I've heard. There you go. But overall like in general, I have absolutely no idea what the plot is. Obviously there's an alien yeah. So the alien well, had to... One of my questions, do you know what E.T. stands for? Extraterrestrial. I, I think I could put that one together. And I think that, you know, obviously there's some somehow, some way this this extraterrestrial life came to Earth to have a bond with Drew Barrymore <laughs> as a child. <laughs> and I, I don't know anything that unfolds. Okay. But well, you you actually answered my other question, so I was going to ask if you knew anyone in this movie or any famous True, lines. So. That I know. I mean, this is one of those movies where I think it was popular enough throughout so many mm. years that I actually heard things, but then again, so I this guess... So this seeped into your life slightly guess, more than Indiana Jones did. I guess it did, <laughs> but I know maybe I, I shouldn't say that because that's just my perspective, but yeah, I, I've heard these things and... That's about all I know. Okay. All right. So we're going to do this. We're going to watch E.T. And we'll be back shortly. Hey, everyone. Have you ever dreamed of reading an ad written by your husband for his self-published comic book? Me neither. But hey, here we go. This podcast is brought to you by Parked Comic. Parked is a new comic about a group of people who work at a rundown roadside amusement park. Created by Matt Curley and Brennan Kahn, this new comic is coming out in May with pre-orders starting in March. Oh yeah, and be sure to follow at Parked Comic on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks everyone, now back to the show. 2019, who knew? Well, I mean, some of us have known since 1982. No! Not me, I was born in 88. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't know since 1982? No, probably like 1995? About was probably the first time I saw this, I would think. (laughs) I, I don't know. I was one. I was definitely scared of this movie when I first saw it, so I was little. I could imagine. I could imagine being scared. As a child. As a child, yeah, for sure, for sure. Let's get into it. What was, what what are your thoughts? What did you think? Wow. I, I think every time we go to watch a movie that I haven't seen before, I think for some reason since I haven't seen it, it just can't be that good. That's why I haven't seen it, and Every single time I am shocked and amazed and so, so wrong that these movies are classics for a reason. E.T. was amazing. Some of the other movies we've watched before recording this podcast were The Goonies, Star Wars, all films I did not think I would ever see or like. And I'm consistently amazed by how well done these movies are and how they strike A chord in my heart, my 24-year-old heart, even though I am not a child any longer. I felt all the feels of this movie. John Williams is a freaking genius. And, I I mean, I was trying to picture some scenes without the music. I'm like, no.
1: (laughs) This is is
0: incredible. The acting of these children, incredible. Drew Barrymore, so freaking cute. The dog Harvey, so freaking cute. (laughs) E.T., so freaking cute! I can't. I, I have a lot of thoughts and feelings on this, but if I had to sum it up in just a couple of words, here they are. Cute, love, music, dogs. E.T. everyone. Easy. <laughs> So I'm, I'm, I was just realizing as you were like rattling off these movies that you like didn't think you were going to like and you loved, we actually have yet to venture outside of the Spielberg-Lucas universe. That's true. And I'm very curious how you're going to feel when we get to some other directors outside of this plaid shirt friendship. So, and John Williams also, I think, except for The Goonies, composed all of the music for all of the movies that you've watched and loved so far. I'm in awe. You can't see me right now, but my jaw... <laughs> Is on the ground. I am in awe, and I love ET. I really didn't think I would love ET. Like, who thinks I'm gonna love ET? Not great. me, but I did. <laughs>
1: and and just to be fair, though, The Goonies is directed by Richard Donner. It's just produced by Steven Spielberg.
0: Yeah, but it's still in the Spielberg universe. That's fair. Um. So favorite favorite parts. Let's go there. Oh, favorite parts. Well, what are? Prompt me with some some. <laughs> Some things because I'm 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 it's so it's so fresh. So so, fresh, so we started at, we started at the beginning. We've got Elliot and his brother are well his his brother's got all of his friends over and. Okay, pause for one moment. <laughs> I I'm gonna say this probably five thousand times throughout this entire podcast series, but I am a giant fan of Stranger Things, huge fan. The fact that I have not seen any film that inspired. That TV show (laughs) is a giant problem. But now we are starting to watch the films. Well, I am. I am starting to watch the films that inspired Stranger Things. And thank goodness, because I can now see all the references that I once looked up on YouTube because I didn't know what they were from. And it, it is amazing. So starting off with that scene with the friends playing, I don't know if they're what they were playing. Maybe I th- it seems like, like some d- sort of role-playing game, maybe Dungeons and Dragons. It didn't look like Dungeons and Dragons, but all, they're
1: playing poker.
0: Mm, definitely wasn't poker because he was a game master. Isn't that Dungeons and Dragons? Okay. Yeah. Well, if it was Dungeons and Dragons, then truly there was so much inspiration from ET and stranger things. And I promise I won't talk about stranger things this entire time, but I was amazed every time, especially the costume that that kid is wearing at the end <laughs> in the park. Literally, exact same costume that Gayton Matarazzo is wearing at the end at the entire time in Stranger Things. I, mind is blown. Anyway, interjection over. But at, right away, you can see the the connection and it's and it's awesome yes it's absolutely like that classic 80s feel right down to yes. these young teenagers sitting at the table with a bowl full of cigarettes right with burning, a bowl full of and cigarettes. mom just doesn't care no supervision <laughs> mom is there but there's no supervision mom is like barely. i think i saw a meme once and it was like if you think you're not doing well this parenting thing just remember that elliot's mom had an alien living in her house for weeks and didn't notice <laughs> Yep. And it's so true, like Elliot's mom, I mean, you feel for her, she's going through obviously a hard time with her divorce and her husband's got the new girlfriend down in Mexico, but oh. like the uh, complete lack of awareness as to what is happening around her in her own home is just astonishing. It is astonishing, but it does fall right in line with the classic 80s films. <laughs> we had a debate during the movie whether... This was just in film or in real life. I think, I, don't... I think it might have been in real life. I don't know. Well, I, I kind of... I, I was born right at the end of the 80s, so I right. really missed None it. None of us really know. Like, I'm technically an if 80s If anyone baby, listening but... to this podcast was a child in the 80s... Tweet at us. Let us know. Tweet at us and let us know. Let us know if your parents didn't care that there were cigarettes burning on the table and an alien living in your closet. It
1: does kind of look like Dungeons and Dragons. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm pretty sure it definitely, because I think Elliot created some sort of world or something that he brought to the table, because he's trying to get them to let him play, and he, like presented something that he made i mean the connection between elliot and will and stranger things i know i'm bringing up stranger things again <laughs> we're just talking in circles here guys i can't help it when he takes 11 in and hides her literally in the same way that elliot hides Et. it's it's astonishing
1: we down down to the the yellow wig yes and everything
0: everything like,
1: it's it, like stranger things you know cribs from a lot of movies but things that cribs from the most is et
0: 100 percent. matt is doing all the weighing in here because i admittedly have not watched stranger things yet but i think at this point i'm going to have to oh we're forcing her we're <laughs> forcing her it's happening
1: so just a couple fun facts about this movie this was made in 1982 which was considered the summer of spielberg because uh et came out and poltergeist came out which he produced he didn't direct it the director i forget what his name was but he directed um, texas chainsaw massacre th- that same director um, I think Todd Hooper was his name. Anyways, so eighty two it's huge. So much so, like that that Ronald Reagan had this movie screened at the White House, and reportedly at the end of that screening, it, it's reported in alien conspiracy lore that he muttered something like, "Oh, that was pretty close to the real thing." Like <laughs> no. I'm not even kidding. Like that, that is, is a conspiracy so cool. theory out on the internet. That like, did Ronald Reagan just admit that there are aliens and this movie is very close to it? Yep. So
0: That would be fabulous. <laughs> that would be so cool. <laughs> so we're I'm I'm gonna try to like keep moving through this movie a yeah. little bit, at least in terms of moments that stood out in my head. Yes, I don't know about yes. yours. So I'll I'll let you know. So Elliot goes out to get this pizza and he's hearing these noises outside and he's convinced that there's like a goblin or something living out there. Yeah. And so rather than, you know, do what I would think the rest of us would do if there's something scary outside our houses and bunker down, he actually Spent the night outside in his driveway waiting to see if something arrives. Which also, again, mom is upset the next morning when he's sick because he spent the whole night outside, but didn't seem to realize that her kid slept outdoors in a lawn chair with an Incredible Hulk blanket absolutely I think it's in the back. isn't it in the backyard it or might be it? the backyard i it, don't
1: it, it's in the backyard because they finds him in the shed
0: yeah he's laying yeah, on like yeah, a lounge yeah. chair yeah but still i mean it's october and i know we're in california but it's <laughs> i think san fernando I think, valley i don't think it's that warm outside in october at night i think in order to watch the movie and and just enjoy it you just have to accept the lack of parental supervision in all great classic movies, mm-hmm. what can happen with good parental supervision? Yeah. Nothing. It's and it it's totally an 80s thing too because we had the same deal in the Goonies. Yep. I'm just saying guys that be a little heartless over here. I'm just <laughs> saying
1: that she was going through divorce, single <laughs> mother, three kids. I accept
0: it. You see I, how
1: beautiful and big I am that house is. She is supporting it. Oh, those yeah. kids on okay, her own. Oh yeah. Okay, can we
0: talk about the size of their closets? They each have their own rooms. They have their I'm own shocked. walk-in closets. It is that that is the most unrealistic part of well, this movie. Well, but I, <laughs> but
1: to be fair, I think that Gertie's room
0: connects to Ellie's connects to Elliot's room yeah. through the
1: closet. Right. So I so really they're just sharing a closet.
0: But think about how many stuffed animals fit in that closet. Yeah, because
1: it's, it's two a people's closets, closet. two rooms, closet. Great. Instead of instead of there being one closet anyway. in each room.
0: Guys, of all the unrealistic elements of E.T. the amount of rooms and size of the home definitely trumps everything yeah I want to know <laughs> I want to know what mom and dad do I really do dad's but off anyway, screwing someone in gonna, Mexico <laughs> so we're gonna move past fuck the, that guy <laughs> let's uh we'll move past the closet envy yeah and let's talk about Harvey our favorite part of the movie Harvey. Harvey, my favorite part of the movie have you seen a cuter dog in your life the answer is no Harvey is a golden retriever Who has ears like a collie? What? (laughs) He's adorable. He's so cute. Okay, so the one scene that I think is completely lacking from ET that bothers me every time I watch the movie is that. So the first time that Harvey and ET encounter each other, it's like not a good thing. It's like Like, ET screams, Harvey barks, Elliot chases him out of the room. But then, like, next thing we know, RV and E.T. are hanging out. And I want to see that scene where they You want more, where they become more friends. relationship development I want to know how that, how that happens. Some of the transitions are a little lacking, I think. My favorite transitions in particular is when E.T. comes in the house and Elliot is just like, you know what? I'm a child. I'm just going to fall right asleep on this chair while this alien is chilling in my room. Well, I, I always thought, and it may be something that I pick up on because I've seen the movie like, in the past, I think that's part of that initial E.T. and Elliot connecting moment. because that makes it, sense. Because E.T. also gets very tired, and I think that's their first showing you that they're feeling
1: the Let's same Let's talk about things. this
0: connection, because yes. we had some theories going on. <laughs> in particular, I had some theories going on. I want to hear them. I want to hear all your theories. Well, you know, as the movie progressed, I definitely had a different feeling and a different take on what I initially thought. But I thought this could be, you know, parallel universes. In a parallel universe, E.T. is Elliot, and they share all the same thoughts and mannerisms like you would if you had an other you in a parallel universe. I mean, come on. Elliot, (laughs) E.T., these names are the same, basically. (laughs) Minus a couple of letters and so when you start to see them sharing the same movements, thinking the same thoughts, being affected by the same things as E.T.'s like drinking a beer and Elliot's getting drunk in class, I mean classic parallel universe is just crossing right over. That's just one theory. Okay. Okay. I do remember you spitting that theory out. During, I spit that theory right out. <laughs> and then, uh, was it you who, we we did have a friend watching with us who we tried to convince to be on this podcast, but he, I think, ran out the door faster than we could stop him, <laughs> who had also never seen E.T. and he, I or, don't or, 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 which one of you, someone said something about E.T. imprinting on Elliot. Yes, Mike. Yeah. We love you, Mike. He said that E.T. imprinted on Mike and I, I suggested that this was copying a favorite of mine, Twilight. (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry, this
1: came before Twilight? I know,
0: know. just like Jacob did. On Bella. On Bella. But to
1: be fair, imprinting (laughs) is a different thing. Like, imprinting yeah. is where you fall in love and enamored with an, a, a thing or a person or an yeah. object. Like, ducks imprint on planes.
0: Ducks imprint on planes? That was part of the Twilight. Oh, and just a fact check on myself, <laughs> Jacob did not imprint on Bella. He imprinted on, on uh, her Renesmee. unborn child. <laughs> Who names their child Renesmee? Still in the womb. Listen, it's a combo of two names. Listen, that, those
1: books are awful. And I could tear them apart because... <laughs> I was once told that I wasn't allowed to make fun of them cuz I didn't read them so I read all four of them and now I can make fun of them in
0: detail. And I know. All terrible. <laughs> I know. All right, all right. So wh- what is the- what is the actual take of of society I I don't I don't know if it's like ever really been explained to us I would have to like look up some Spielberg interviews or something but it seems that Elliot and E.T. form some sort of physical mental connection that you feel like E.T. is like the way he's surviving on earth is like through Elliot pretty much Cause that's the feeling I got. Like he is living through him. E.T. seems to be some sort of healer from his planet. He has the ability to heal things, and so I think the way that he connects is through his little finger. I love his his finger. So cute. I mean, I don't, I mean I'm, if you go to Universal Studios and you ride the E.T. ride, which is a, a, sort of a continuation of, of the movie. Oh, E.T., I rode that ride when I was young. Yeah, didn't, E.T. has to go home to his home planet on. because his home planet is dying and E.T. is the one that can heal it. So I don't know if Spielberg had that in his brain before he wrote the movie that E.T. is a healer or if he just totally made up this brand new story for the ride. But E.T. definitely has some sort of magical powers where he can reach into, I guess, the internal being. And that's how he's able to communicate is through this boy. Has it ever been unpacked why we think E.T. got left on Earth? It was by accident. Well. <laughs> so at the beginning, I know. That, but like, what were I, they doing here in the first place? I'm not, I think, it, I kind of got the sense that it? they were like checking out the plant life. Because they're all looking at all of the plants and the big redwood trees. But E.T. wanders further off and he finds this little like sprout. It's not a tree, it's a little sapling. And he's in the process of digging it up to bring home, but it's he's much further out and, I guess, taking longer to bring this sapling when they get called back to the ship and he doesn't make it back in time. Oh, that's so sad. It's I still, to this day, am... As a camp counselor, very upset that they did not do a head count before they took <laughs> off for their home planet because oh, we did a head man. count before we went from activity A to activity B, and it's simple. It's there are a lot of sad parts of this movie too. I have Absolutely, to say. I mean this is sold as a family movie, but yeah, for children I don't it's know. Sad, and that little boy made me cry. He was so good. He's a wonderful child actor. He is incredible. I don't want to get to the end yet. But, but I do want to okay. discuss it at a certain point. Okay, so, here we have, I, we, ha- I wrote down a couple of notes of things that were just said out loud no. during the movie, oh, no. and there's, I mean, I feel like we're harping on this bad parenting thing, but there's a note here that says, did parents in the 80s leave their six-year-olds home alone? Because when mom gets the call that Elliot is drunk at school and let all the frogs go, she leaves, she leaves little Gertie home alone. She says... Stay here. Stay there. Stay there. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Drew Barrymore, man. Adorable Drew Barrymore. Just just by the way, going back to what I thought this movie was about, I, I wasn't horribly far off because I know knew from pop culture mm-hmm. a little bit, but I definitely thought that, first of all, I didn't realize how young she was going to be in this movie. She's like a little She's like, nugget. She's tiny. And so I definitely thought, that she and E.T. were, like, the two main characters. And when I found out that it was instead a little boy, I was not as surprised because it's usually is in these things are are the main leads. But I was, my expectations were subverted because I was like, (laughs) Drew, where are you? I would watch a whole movie about Gertie and E.T. Oh, their relationship was so sweet. Actually, one of my favorite parts of the movie is that at the beginning, you think that this family, I mean, this family is going through a rough time, mm-hmm. but you, I mean, at least I thought that, you know, oh, it's another movie where the siblings aren't going to get along, blah, 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 and I love their relationship, and I love what E.T., bri- like, how he brings them together. Yeah. There's nothing like holding an alien hostage in your closet to really bring that family together. That. Is so true. Yeah. But, no, yeah. I I would totally agree though because you would definitely expect based on all the other like classic movies well, that I these heard... siblings are just gonna hate each other the whole time. Exactly. Exactly. And Michael, right? The older brother is Michael. Is he's so mean to Elliot at the beginning? Elliot so just mean. wants to play with him and he doesn't let him. Poor Elliot in his white pajamas the entire time can't catch a break. <laughs> <laughs> I I feel really bad for that kid. He was put in like see through white <laughs> flannel pajamas. He was. (laughs) he got the the short end of the wardrobe stick for sure yeah so i i one of my other just like favorite little moments is when he pretends to be sick and he holds the thermometer to the light to make it hot so when his mom comes in she believes he's sick and he has the the heating pad over his face to yeah. make him warm and clammy i never actually knew anyone to do that aside from ferris bueller yeah and i want to know also did children in the 80s heat up their thermometers to make themselves appear Kids sick in did the you 80s. ever do that? hit us up <laughs> i mean i think i mean uh, i had a mercury no. <laughs> thermometer as a kid but it became digital i don't think i would dare lie to my mom <laughs> Anything. or suffer the consequences i was a child of, of three siblings like in the film but you were gertie i was gertie <laughs> the youngest of three siblings but no no I, I i did not do that nor do i think modern thermometers would react no, to heat they like would act. you need that old mercury thermometer yeah. which i kind of miss yeah i don't never had that oh, really you never had a mercury thermometer no you're
1: uh. You don't know mercury is poison, right?
0: Yeah, but that's what they did. They were in a glass thing. I my family had multiple. You should ask like you ask your mom or like ask like even like Farah. She's a year younger than me. Yeah. So, I wonder if she remembers a mercury thermometer in the house. I, I cuz it was so cool. There was like this little like silver line on the inside and it you was watched so it cool. go up and we you had to poisoned. like you had to like look at it super <laughs> careful to see where the line hit and then we all died. And now you just like <laughs> stick something in your ear. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. I never had that. That's Beyond my, no, ears. my friends have that for their kids now. It takes like two seconds, you just stick it right in the air, it beeps, just like at the doctor's office. Wow. Well, yeah. Alright, back to the movie though. <laughs> um, so yes, I mean, just like this conversation that happened, I'm mean, kind of fast forwarding a little bit, but at some point, you know, the kids play with E.T. for a while and then Elliot starts getting sick, and E.T. and Elliot pass out, and mom comes home, finds them sick, and then the next thing you know, the entire house <laughs> has been taken over by NASA astronauts and people Fully, in hazmat suits. Fu- no, and- like full nasa astronauts and, in a space and like literally suit. i think the exclamation what when that are happened they was doing like, in a space suit like, and, like and how did Why? we get there like we went from playing with the alien feeling a little faint to full hazmat wrapped the house like but where... there's no need there was no need for, <laughs> for them the to wear <laughs> the space suit the space helmet the space suit they were not in space they were not in space. They were not in space. It had to be clear that they were from NASA. Uh, we got it. Point was made <laughs> and it was distracting to say the least. I was terrified of those guys when I was a kid i'm sure you were they like i'm pretty sure giant they did up shots of them so that they looked like freaking monsters I, if i remember correctly i think i saw E. T. for the first time when i was like six or seven and then i didn't watch it again for like 10 years because it scared me so much that scene i i don't blame you maybe maybe that's why i never saw this i i'm not a fan of scary movies <laughs> This I would not categorize this as a scary movie, but if, when I was a child, I'm sure it would have scared me. Yeah. Maybe that's why my parents were like, "No." Fan not of
1: this Stranger one. Things, not of ET.
0: Well, now, no. <laughs> now when I was a child, man, I would have been very scared of ET himself. Even though my my consistent comment throughout the movie, every time ET was on screen, much to the chagrin of my friends watching the movie <laughs> with me was, "Oh, so cute." <laughs> Every single time he was on screen, which is the whole time, But he is so damn cute. I think Matt, you yes. you told us he's part puppet, part animatronic, part sometimes a tiny human yeah. dressed like ET. Yeah, there's
1: I mean like there's different ETS for the different scenarios. Right, like, but like I mean it, it, it's like an animatronic puppet uh, in in certain scenes. Right, and then when he's walking though, it's a person in a suit. It
0: is so cute and honestly I wasn't expecting to love E.T. like I did. He was adorable. I think one of the things for me about E.T. is every time I watch E.T. I feel like my vision of E.T. is always from like shoulders up and then every time I watch the movie I forget how much of like a big wrinkly belly and like giant feet he has and I love it. Oh just because we we skipped over this part I just have to say how much I loved the classic classic scene of the bike taking off for the first time into the air crossing past the moon i know that that's a very famous scene iconic iconic for a reason i was blown away i got chills i was short of breath (laughs) i basically had a panic attack watching that spielberg would be thrilled to hear this reaction he's he's, spielberg i know you care about what i think so great job And I, I really, and that's why, going back to what I said before, I, I wasn't, I didn't have that high of expectations, but truly, these scenes, this movie is classic for a reason, yes. that blew me away. I thought that was an yeah, awesome A scene. It was awesome. And it's been recreated... Mm-hmm. By so many people at this point and in so many different ways. I am actually currently wearing a shirt that I stole from my husband, but I bought it for him, so it's okay, which has a C3PO on the bike with R2D2 in the basket going past the Death Star. I and mean, it's just one of
1: it which is my is an favorite. Awesome
0: shirt. There are so many Star Wars references. So in many Star Wars ET, references. Et, which were awesome, including a very accurate Yoda costume on Halloween, <laughs> and John, just John Williams' music. Man, I'm sorry. It's amazing. Incredible. At first, I was like, "Am I watching Star Wars?" And then I was like, "No, I'm not." I remember <laughs> in. I think in, in like probably like ninth or tenth grade band we did a John Williams medley and it was incredible. It like, it opened with ET and I, I know that it included Star Wars. It included Jurassic Park and Jaws And I think it was, I think the NBC News music or something like that John Williams did. And it was, like, this incredible piece. And I always remember, like, of all, like, the pieces I ever did, like, high school band, that this was the best one. And it was one of those moments that I was like, oh, my God, the same person wrote all of these songs. Like, I didn't know at that point. I never paid attention to that as, like, a 14-year-old. Yeah. And, yeah, John Williams is just... Genius. Genius. <laughs> next, <laughs> next favorite moment or thing that I said. What else, what else did we comment on during the movie? I stopped taking notes at one point. I think I was just too busy watching loving. and yeah. loving. Because it's been a while since I last watched this movie. Well, I think the scene where, you know, E.T. comes back to life, basically in like an alien casket... <laughs> was so exactly awesome casket. with his heart glowing, the plants rising, and little Elliot just like turning around it and- oh, and I thought this was just a great acting moment of him covering E. T. back up really quickly and then like pretending to sob over it. <laughs> to dupe the adults. I love I love all like the duping of adults in movies yes. like this. And the, the whole plan to sneak him out and the mom goes in on it even that guy that's in on the operation with the government mm-hmm. is like letting it happen so cool and then obviously finally like the end with him going home was so emotional what's i forgot the name of the actor that plays elliot but he killed it he's the tears great great incredible. child actor incredible and also just like the way that they were able to emote et was, yeah. was awesome i just think they did such a good job and and of course our favorite favorite character harvey got his goodbye in as well he, did. he almost he, went on the spaceship he almost went away <laughs> with et on the spaceship not sure how that would have gone down <laughs> i wonder if et would have taken harvey they seem to have bonded yeah they were adorable and it was it was great it was one of those epic epic endings with a giant crescendo from john williams and the blackout right on Elliot's face looking up at the sky. Just classic, wonderful ending. Truly, there honestly wasn't a time watching this that I wasn't, like, captivated. It was, it was really, really good. It's a, it's a really beautifully done movie. The story itself, and I mean, even with, like, the super bad 80s CGI, like, when, When E.T. is like making the things float in the closet and it's just like so... Oh, the kids bike riding in the sky. Yeah, I mean, but it's still beautiful, the cinematography of it for an early 80s movie. I appreciated it. I'm considering myself an E.T. fangirl, and I'm very glad, like you always do, that you forced me to watch these movies, <laughs> and so thank you for that. You're welcome. This is, this is what I'm here for, as your friend, <laughs> to force you to watch every every classic movie that I can think of. As a friend should. And we get to podcast about it. Yes, we do. All of our loyal fan. (laughs) That's you, Matt. I'm right here. Our loyal fan right here. Do you
1: guys want to know some some fun facts about this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. fun facts
0: while you're you're sitting there. I mean, honestly, I mean, Matt, I I don't know. It's you, so you could be pulling these off the top of your head or you could have been sitting here Googling. Not sure. No,
1: I I know a lot of these off the top of my head. I, I like E.T. a lot and watch it a lot. And I've watched a lot of stuff about it. So one fun fact about E.T. is that so steven spielberg this was a direct result of his movie close encounters of the third kind it's actually the lesser known one of the lesser known of his movies like everybody kn- people know it but it's the lesser seen one because it kind of gets overshadowed by et even though it came first so he did so steven spielberg made jaws and then and that was in 1976 and then right after jaws he made close encounters of the third kind he went from one straight to the other and at the end of I mean, obviously, spoilers. This whole thing is spoilers. But at the end of Close Encounters of the Third Kind, the whole movie is about uh, Richard Dreyfus is obsessed with, like, he sees a UFO and he becomes obsessed with it and he, like, just has these thoughts in his head and it's like all these people in, in search for these UFOs. And so at the end of it, they all end up going to this mountain. It's, it's at, I believe it's Devil's Peak. I think it's in Wyoming. It's like the flat topped mountain um that sounds like wyoming and (laughs) and it's like a national park it's national monument could be arizona and (laughs) so uh and so he goes there and the aliens come down and they actually take him up with them and and i can't remember if it's i can't remember if somebody stays behind or if at one point it looks like someone's gonna stay behind like one of the aliens is gonna stay behind but steven spielberg said in an interview he's like that's where he came up with et's like what if one of the aliens stayed behind and that that's awesome. was the movie. Yeah. And so, like, that's the the nugget. So, while making that movie, that's where he thought of the, the the initial idea for E.T. And he actually offered it to Paramount first. Like, this is a Universal movie. Universal uses this movie everywhere. Like, oh, yeah. it is Universal. But he actually offered it to Paramount first because he's like, oh, well, I, was, I, I thought of the idea while I was making a Paramount movie. I should offer it to them first. It's only fair. And they turned it down. Ooh. And, and and like to keep it in perspective, like Jaws became the highest grossing movie of all time in seventy six, and then Star Wars took it in seventy seven, and then this took it from Star Wars in eighty two. Wow. So like so that's how huge this yeah. movie was.
0: It's a nice Spielberg Lucas sandwich right there. Right. And this
1: movie was so big that like, like it was if it was nominated for Academy Awards. I think it was. but It had to
0: have been. Um, I'll
1: look it up. But they also, you know, the other thing this movie is famous for is the video game that was based off of this movie is held responsible for crashing the video game market and almost destroying video games for eternity. In 1983, I believe it is, or maybe it is, it might be 82 when the game came out, Atari, the Atari 2600 was coming out with this E.T. video game. And it was so rushed that it was not good in any way, shape, or form. Even for an Atari game, like, it was not good. And they made so much of it because there was so much anticipation over it. And the game was so bad that it was blamed for crashing the video game market.
0: Wow. And and,
1: and it's not true that no one thing caused the video game market crash in 1982,
0: Bandersnatch, um, man. But,
1: like, it's <laughs> it like it, it's just funny that that was the other thing that E.T. is known for, like, this great movie, and is the, one of the worst video games in history.
0: Wow. Like, I, de- I never knew that. Yeah, me neither. Obvi.
1: <laughs> interesting interesting postscript to that story. They ended up taking, it was a rumor, and they proved it, re- like, a bunch of people proved it recently, but there was a rumor for years that... Atari had so much extra surplus that they just had to get rid of that they took it into a desert and then buried these cartridges
0: and people found them
1: and uh, and it was true they did they buried what they did is they broke up these cartridges they buried them and they covered them with like cement or something in, like a d- in a dump wow and um recently there's a documentary I think it's on netflix i can't remember what it's called but there's a documentary i think it's called like et game over something like that they found these cartridges like the people like did like an archaeological dig for <laughs> these game cartridges that and, is like, so to, like, that's crazy because cool. it was a rumor for years and atari denied it for a year and they pro- i mean and then it was proven that it was true that atari did do this in like the middle of the night they just took all these game cartridges and like buried them in the desert
0: <laughs> That That's is so cool. Crazy. Nerdom. Um, woohoo. Um Love it. So I had one more thought before we wrap this up. Yeah. So, like one of the things that I just adore about E. T. is that it's this idea of children being so open to this other and you know if E.T. had wandered into the house and the mother was there NASA would have been there in you know minute 10 of the movie but because it's Elliot that finds E.T. and is able to share him with his siblings and that like pureness of heart that children have I think is it's such a beautiful part of this movie and you know it's, it's just something I wanted to touch upon but then To kind of take that a little bit further, not really to take it further, but this is where my brain went next. What would you do if you found this little alien in your backyard? Well, (laughs) as someone who's scared of dirt (laughs) at the baseline, I'd probably freak out. At first, I mean, if it was as cute as E.T., if it was E.T. himself, do I know that it's E.T. or is it, like, a new creature no, to No, like, like, put yourself in Elliot's position. Like, like you, you've never met this alien. Like, you're hearing noise in the backyard and you Elliot decide to sit outside with your far, whole blanket. No, Elliot is far <laughs> more brave than a young or old Brielle ever would be. <laughs> just, just to be honest with you and to be honest with myself, no, I would not. I would run away. I would scream and cry but I'd like to think some adventurous part of myself definitely one of my sisters they they would jump right on this and and one of us would have let him in I probably would have been more like Gertie and screamed my face off (laughs) at first but then formed a loving relationship that's more viral. if I had to cast myself in E.T. I'm Gertie no doubt 100% my sister Melanie would be Elliot, sister Farah would be the older one. I forgot his name. Michael. Michael. To a T, actually. <laughs> Cast yeah. done. I don't. I don't know your sisters very well, <laughs> but I. I definitely see this scenario Absolutely. happening. Absolutely. But yes, I wouldn't. My own personality. No, I would run away and scream. I like the idea of what you're saying, which is that yeah. as a child you would be more open. Yeah. Because I even think about it now. Like I think as an adult, like if I went outside and found this alien, if it seemed to be hurt or like in need of assistance, I would probably <gasps> ah. get my act together, but I'd probably call a few people. Oh. (laughs) Including NASA. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I was at the beach once, I remember, and, like, a small shark washed up, and, like, obviously needed help getting back in the water. And I remember sitting there, like, panicking because no one was helping it, and I knew that I was going to have to help it, and I was really afraid to touch the shark shark. yeah and thank god like literally a second before I got up to do it some other brave girl went and did it and I stood there and applauded her and (laughs) just like internally thanked someone for sending another person to this rescue and I think I was I probably would have been about the same way as a kid but I also was not a kid like Elliot I feel like it's very clear from the beginning that all of these kids they keep things from their mother clearly they And I was not, like, I was the kid that told my parents everything. There was, I probably would have taken this alien inside and automatically just, like, shown it to my parents. <laughs> Mom! So it may not have mattered. This is E.T. <laughs> what are we gonna do? Mom, look what I found. It needs our help and our love and our care. And my parents would have been like, where did you find that? Take it back.
1: <laughs> it, it's interesting that you mentioned that, um, because that is one of the themes that Spielberg definitely portrays, especially in this movie and in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, that, like, children are more open to these mm-hmm. these experiences, adults, because, like, they're, the, the fear of the unknown is something that is ingrained in us as we get older. It's not something yep. that we're necessarily yeah. born with. And, you know, so the innocence of a child is open to that discovery and that feeling, and I think that that it comes across really well in this movie. Um, the other thing that Spielberg says about this movie is that it's really a movie about Elliot and his siblings dealing with their parents' divorce. Yes, mm-hmm. and and you see that a lot in the movie with like you know Elliot says the wrong thing about his dad being in Mexico with the new girlfriend, and and then Michael reacting and being like, "What are you doing? You know, what, what grow up? What's wrong with you?" And yeah. and it really shows like Michael's trying to. Like he's still a very much a kid, but he's trying to grow up, be, You know, trying to be an adult. Yeah,
0: and protect his mother. And, and protect his and mother. They have that and tender moment where they smell the dad's shirt, and they, t- they talk about the memories of when they were taken out to the movies, yeah. the good old days of yeah. popcorn yeah. fights. Yeah. And you yeah. almost get a sense that like maybe it's because their dad, who was supposed to care for them, abandoned them, that they so strongly will not abandon E.T. Absolutely. Yep.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think that is a, a, a theme that... Spielberg 100% went for so that's that's a big theme of this movie
0: that got real deep guys we're real deep here on how have you never seen that well fabulous fabulous film I'm so glad I've seen this now and I can say (laughs) that I have seen this movie you have seen E.T. and next time someone asks me for real have you seen E.T. as people do in 2019 I'll say why yes I have and I loved it. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna take a trip to Universal Studios together now, and you're gonna have to ride the E. T. Ride with a new perspective. Yes, I can't wait. Brand new perspective. And my one, f- my new favorite score. One <laughs> last interesting
1: story about <laughs> E. T. And that ride specifically is, and I don't know if this is true, but it's been reported that um, Universal Studios in Florida, which has the E. T. Ride, at one point was talking about tearing down that ride. To make way for Super Mario Brothers Land or Nintendo Land or whatever, they were going to tear down everything that was in that area to build this Nintendo Land. It's reported that Steven Spielberg said to Universal, "If you tear down the E. T. ride, I will never work with Universal again."
0: Oh, he loves his E. T. And they
1: kept the ride.
0: <laughs> you're welcome
1: (laughs) (laughs) so that's how much he loves he loves e.t
0: i don't blame him we all love e.t i love e.t i'm glad you love e.t i loved it it was great (laughs) all right so i think we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up on e.t hope you guys enjoyed listening to our little dissection of this great movie we hope you'll come back and listen to us again Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Pod and go uh, watch ET if you've never seen it. Yeah. I mean, we definitely just spoiled the entire thing if you listened to this first. Again, make sure you watch these movies before you listen to <laughs> yes, these. Yes, definitely these watch episodes. It first, definitely. And if you are were a child of the 80s, tweet at us about your parents' level of responsibility. Yeah, we wanna, we wanna know. We're conducting a study. We really wanna know. Were there cigarettes on the table while you played? and dragons Dragons. and did your mother leave you home alone when you were six this is these are very important things in our lives we need to know yeah we're millennials so we don't know at pod never seen and tune in next time thanks for joining us i'm melissa curley i'm brielle brooke and i just saw et for the first time